Hello and welcome to another episode of Not Too Deep. I'm your host, Grace Helbig. She is a comedian. She's a queen. She's got her hand in the pickle jar. And guess what? She's a woman. We have Ms. Cracker with us on today's episode. Oh, I can't believe this hasn't happened already, but it has. And I'm excited for you to listen to it. We talk about everything. Her experience on Drag Race, All Stars, getting ready for it, her experience in the pandemic, her interest in art. I mean, you'll hear about some pop school pandemic art that she got really into that, uh, Pretty inspiring to say the least. Also, her upcoming holiday album with Jujubee. Also, her upcoming podcast. So many things. An incredible uh, queen awaits you. Enjoy this episode of Not Too Deep with Ms. Cracker. Ms. Cracker, the beautiful, hilarious being that you are. Thank you so much for being here. I'm so excited. <laughs> Thank you so much. She's a woman, TM, ah! you know. <laughs> I love it. Now, how, yeah, what is in your personal contract on how quickly into anything you do that you have to get your catchphrase out? You know, I say <laughs> it immediately to wake myself up. It's my really? icebreaker for me. So, yeah. <laughs> you, can, you? you can try to get me to sign a contract to not say it and see yeah. how that works out. <laughs> how? I mean, okay, that is one of my questions. In the entire drag world, there's so much about like marketing and branding. Do you consciously think of catchphrases or are they like organic things that happen that an audience kind of catches on to and then you realize afterwards? I am so glad that you asked that question <laughs> because uh, my co-pilot, Caitlin, uh, uh-huh. um, who's been with me for a long time, uh, she taught me one of the most essential things about branding mm. and that it is a response to your audience. Hmm. And so when they love something and they respond to it and they like it, then you absorb that into your brand. You don't Mm. invent something and then force it on people. Does that make sense? That makes total sense. Well, that goes into my whole, you know, I want to know how Ms. Cracker, the entity, the brand was created for you. Take me back to the beginning of, of starting drag. Where was the seed planted for you? Well, I had never had any interest in drag whatsoever. Like one of the things that always makes me laugh is uh, gay comedians and um, gay male comedians. And Mm -hmm. um, a lot of drag queens will always be like, oh, you know me. I was wearing my mother's heels when I blah, blah, blah. And I was not that person (laughs) at all. Do you know what I I had? I didn't, it didn't strike my fancy at all. Um, I was like super gluing um feathers to my boxers like i was doing (laughs) random things but not like drag things so um how it started was i saw this guy struggling home in Mm -hmm. the snow with a bookshelf and i Mm -hmm. was like hello i'm a good samaritan i'm gonna help him Uh with the bookshelf so i was like hey let me help you we got up to his place he turned on the lights and the whole room was filled with wigs. And I was like, <gasps> like, I was horrified. I was like, listen, I'll do a lot of things, but putting a wig on your head, that's wrong. Wow, um, this got specific real quick. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, this became from a general story about me. This became about you somehow, and I don't like it. Yeah. Um, so, but it was too late. Like we were already, we already knew each other. We were already neighbors. Uh-huh. And every time we ran into each other or went out for coffee, he'd be like, you should try drag. And I said, um, yes, which is gay for no. Um, <laughs> do you know what I mean? We're like, yes, girl, of course, of course. I will. And, um, but finally I had to make good on saying yes. Uh-huh. Tried it one time. Uh, this person painted my face. Mm-hmm. Uh, turned me around in in the office chair, uh-huh. and I was like, "Oh my god, this is incredible! I love this!" And I became Miss Cracker, and that person became Bob the Drag Queen, and the rest is <gasps> history. Wow. Okay. Yeah, I have in my notes. I've been doing some research that yeah, you met in the blizzard and helped uh, uh, help Bob with a bookcase, and that That's was right. your your chance meeting. Uh, yeah. And, and so from there, Bob put you in drag and then was the was the Ms. Cracker personality? Did it just organically appear 
when the drag was put on? I think the personality is just my personality when I'm excited to be around. Uh Um, As as a nice Jewish boy, I'm generally pretty miserable. So, (laughs) you know, my voice and my mannerisms reflect that. Sure. And uh, when I'm in drag, I'm just so excited. Yeah. I think that excitement is the is the what what people would call the character, the personality. It's just me on drag. This is your brain. This is your brain on drags. And that's what it looks like. (laughs) So, okay, what is the experience going on Drag Race season 10 for the first time? How many times had you auditioned before you got on? I had auditioned one time before and I just didn't really know who I was. Mm-hmm. before and I made this uh, audition tape that was sort of based on what other people told me I should do mm-hmm. and it didn't work out hmm. so I sort of set that aside and didn't audition again and then my friend Caitlin said hey look what if you did a tape based on your brain and what you want to do <laughs> I was Imagine. like well that sounds like a better deal so uh, <laughs> yeah so I did that and then I got on. And um, again, a lot of the things that I put on that tape mm-hmm. were things that my audiences had responded well to um, mm. in real life. Mm-hmm. So again, I wasn't trying to invent something new and I wasn't trying to force anything on anybody. I was just like, hey, look, this is what it works. You know? <laughs> yeah. But that, I just saw you post a video recently where some uh, you gave advice about uh, when you're making an audition tape for Drag Race, don't try and go high production value. Really make sure that it's yourself. And I think that advice is, you know, it, it's seemingly so obvious, but I think in that world, because it's so competitive, people want to put all the bells and whistles into something, not realizing like the real gold is just you as you. Is that something that you kind of learned through your first season on Drag Race? It's something that I learn every day anew. Mm-hmm. It's something that I should have known um, a lot earlier. But I think what it comes from is this question, like what does drag have to offer that other things don't? Like mm. if you want to see something really slick and uh, high production and amazing, go see a Michael Bay film, you know? <laughs> yeah. You, like if you want to see... Um, uh, incredible dancing and long legs go to see the Rockettes, you know, blah, blah, blah. Sure. what is it? What is it? Drag has to offer. And it's that this like mm-hmm. me and you together and mm-hmm. just our personalities and my personality and us feeling like this is a good moment. Mm-hmm. Um, so I slowly, every day I have to reteach myself. It's not about the look. It's not about the production. It's not about all of that. It's about, am I coming across to you? And mm. I, if I can come across to you on Zoom, right. anything is possible. So it's just like, yeah, I kind of, I kind of learned like your question was, did I, did I learn that in season 10? I had already learned it, but season 10, like reinforced that. Sure. They were like, um, season 10 taught me that you could show up with amazing clothes. Mm-hmm. And if you didn't feel confident, the amazing clothes wouldn't matter. Hmm. And there, and that I mean, was my, yeah. For you going into that, knowing that, uh, you know, Bob had gotten you into drag, was there, mm-hmm. I can imagine a lot of pressure going on drag race to represent not only yourself, but Bob. And there's kind of this, you know, uh, the, I, I wonder if there's pressure in the community because of such a, you know, known name that you're associated with. It was kind of like, um, when your older sister goes to high school. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Do what I mean? It's like when you show up as a freshman, you want all the teachers to be like, oh, you know, I know your family, blah, blah, blah. (laughs) And it was less about what the audience thought, but I wanted to be cool enough to hang out with my big sister. Mm -hmm. And I think that's where the biggest pressure was because I didn't even know what the word audience meant yet. I hadn't been on Mm. television. And I didn't even know about that pressure yet. But what I did know is I wanted to make uh, my drag family, particularly Bob, proud. Mm -hmm. And I wanted them to feel like um, 
I belonged as part of the household, you know? Yeah. And it must have been an interesting experience because I'm such a big fan of you because I think you do you're incredibly smart and you have a great sense of humor and you're also very self-aware, but you seem very critical on yourself because you hold yourself to a high standard as do a lot of uh, drag queens. So it's so interesting to watch you. And what was your experience watching you after the first season aired? What was my experience watching uh, season watching, 10? Yeah. My experience was just... I don't know, a fascination, I yeah. think, because I was watching what I always knew of myself. Mm-hmm. Um, and then that was being paired with the reaction of the world for the first time. Hmm. And uh, yeah, I just learned that all the little things that I criticize myself for as a super self-aware, super hyper self-critical person, mm-hmm. All of those things may not be as important as I thought they were because Mm. they didn't seem to be important to anyone else but me. Mm, That's a big thing to realize. And you got to realize it with everyone, with the national audience. Yeah. (laughs) It's kind of like uh, when I think in contemporary times, Uh uh, when you come out of the closet and no one gives a shit. (laughs) Um, and it's because, you know, everyone is more involved in their own life Mm -hmm. and they are in yours. So I came out in season 10 and I was like, I have all these flaws and everyone was like, we don't care. (laughs) Yeah. You're like, let me present all of these to you before you can even say them so that I am in control of my narrative here. And you can't criticize me for anything because I've already seen it, said it, done it, lived it. Everyone's on their phones like, oh, weird, cool, you know? <laughs> now, okay, you, you do season 10, and then you, you did you get a call to come back for All Stars? How did that work out for you? Yes, I got the call, um, okay. the Rue call, and uh, it was, uh, <laughs> it was like such a, uh, what a cis male day it was for me, because <laughs> um, I was in London, and my sister just got a call from her doctor and he was like, you are pregnant. Congratulations. Like you've been trying, you've been through such a huge journey. And I I was like, and I just got a call that I'm going to be on television. (laughs) Oh my God. How do we celebrate? (laughs) You just just couldn't let her have a day. (laughs) She had like five minutes. (laughs) She was like, she's like, we're going to remember this day for the other. Hello. Oh, just kidding. It's about me. (laughs) No, but honestly, um, it was, it was a really huge day. Like she found out that one of her dreams was coming true. And I found out that one of mine was, and, uh, we were just in this, uh, London hotel room dancing around and, um, yeah, that was a good, that was a good day. That sounds very beautiful. Yeah. Now, when you get the call, are you immediately excited? Is this something that you knew that you wanted to do if the opportunity presented itself? Or did you have hesitation? Because it is such an overwhelming and I imagine emotionally taxing experience as a whole. Yeah. Um, I always say that RuPaul is like your bladder in your 30s. <laughs> okay. When she calls, you go. Yeah. <laughs> And that's the thing. It's like, if you're, if you're like, I don't know if I need the television, I have my own powerful brand. Mm -hmm. And then the real moment comes and RuPaul calls and you're like, yes, please. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, if there were questions and there were like my co-pilot, Caitlin and I would go back and forth, like you already had a great showing. Do you want to risk, you know, having one that isn't as good? you know, those down days and the up days, like you've improved so much, like, isn't it time to show the world? We had the back and forth and that all ends when that, that invitation comes from, um, Miss Charles. What do you think had been in going into all stars, the biggest (laughs) growth that you noticed about yourself in terms of your drag, if there was anything, or if you were exactly the same with no (laughs) evolution whatsoever? (laughs) I think the biggest thing that I had learned was that it's okay if you're unhappy. It's okay mm. if you doubt yourself. It's okay if you don't love yourself yet. It's okay if you don't have faith in what you can do. 
you can step over all of that and go far. Mm. I thought you had to fix all of that before you did anything, before you tried anything. Like you had to sit at home and like browbeat yourself into (laughs) self-love first. But then I learned like, oh, like it's almost time for the show. (laughs) I hate myself. All right, let's do it. (laughs) That is one of the wonderful things about watching it is that you get to experience the real side of of the the insecurity and the the trying that happens and the mental gymnastics that you probably have to go to to work yourself into a confident state for whatever you're doing. Uh, Does comedy help you there? I mean, I think that comedy helps you anywhere yeah. because being able to laugh at yourself uh, gets you through all those things that you just mentioned, all those challenges that you just mentioned yeah. um, can be eased a little bit if you can inject a little laughter. Yeah. And that goes to whether you're dealing with self-confidence issues or dealing with a pandemic. Mm-hmm. If you can, If you can find a way to laugh, then... I'm sure there's some neuroscientist somewhere that says, you know, you need that dopamine in order to function. So I think it's a real, I I would like to declare that it is a medical fact that laughter (laughs) is is, uh, the best medicine. Yes. So you, Grace, are treating people, you know, all the time. Where is your certificate? I try to remind myself. Yeah, Yeah. no, because I I feel, you know, like you, I get so much serotonin from watching uh, you perform that it's like, yeah, if you can give that to someone else, what a beautiful gift. Right. Um, now did you, uh, afterwards? Oh, one. Okay. Let's talk about the, uh, you made a public apology on the the show to another queen. What is, what is it like not only making an apology to someone, but to do it on such a, a public scale? Oh, what is it like to apologize in yeah. front of four million people? Yeah. Um, God, it's just like, uh, in a way, it's kind of cleansing mm. because um, you so rarely get to speak from the heart, mm. and uh, you kind of have to go there yeah. uh, when you when you apologize, like. There's a lot of times when people will say something and you can't respond mm-hmm. um, because you don't want to, like they'll say something negative and you can't respond because you don't want to give that negative attention, like that negative energy attention. Mm-hmm. But when it's time and you get to speak from the heart, it actually feels good. Does oh, that make good. sense? Am it I does. Babbling? No, yeah. no, you're not. This is all, I'm curious about all of it because I, I imagine that you guys shoot for hours and hours and hours and things get cut down to maybe like 2% of the actual experience that you have there. And so when they do show a real moment like that, one that is uh, a real human moment outside of all of the, the bells and whistles of drag, it's very touching. And it's very, regardless of whether you're a fan of the show or not, just the actual human interaction is a very yeah. sweet side. It reminds people that you are a complex human being with feelings and emotions and thoughts and insecurities and all of those things, which is why the show, I think, is wonderful. Yeah, um, it was something I got to do outside of the show, too, because I was able to do it like, you know, as the show was airing, I was able to uh, call hmm. and text and tweet and like all like all the different ways that we uh communicate with each other um like I got to do all of that and it's like I don't know I think people forget that there's nothing more cleansing than just being able to say hey guess what I'm sorry I was wrong yeah I mean (laughs) You you save a lot of breath some people are like listen I'm sorry that you feel this way uh, because what was happening was I was doing this and it's like, that's a lot of talking. Yes. You could just be like, Hey, guess what? Mia culpa. Yeah. I fucked yeah. up and you know, it, I know it and I need you to know it. Yeah. Um, that's beautiful. Okay. We're going to take a quick break. When we get back, I have to hear how you've been handling the pandemic. Because I will tell you. I cannot wait. Okay. We'll be right back with more not too deep. Hello listeners, Grace Helbig here. 
wanting to say two things. A big thank you for listening to the podcast. Uh, if you're a regular listener, if this is your first time listening, welcome and thank you. And uh, second thing, if you are enjoying yourself here in this not-too-deep world we've built and you'd like to leave us a review, that would be so wonderful. If you can go to the iTunes store, the App Store, and leave us a lovely little review comment. How are you feeling? Good, bad, otherwise? Maybe just good or otherwise would be appreciated. Other than that, enjoy the podcast. Okay, um, you're in the Bronx in a pandemic. How has this been for you the last few months? Because it's been an opportunity to see how creatively people can adapt to this situation. And I'm curious what your experience has been the last few months. I mean, my experience has been so wild. I am a doer. Yeah. And one of my, one of the pillars of my drag is that I get in drag and go out into the world and meet people in person and have that connection that we were talking about earlier. Mm -hmm. So to have that leg chopped off was just horrifying. And so I ended up doing all this crazy stuff. Like I (laughs) built a small town of tiny model houses out of popsicle sticks. Okay. Um, and I was like <laughs> tweeting them like, here's the progress, <laughs> you know. Um, Wait, for any, for, for a bigger reason, for a production or just to pass time, express some art? Yeah, just because <laughs> I need to make all the time. Do you yeah. know what I mean? And I well, had you're no... very, you're, I mean, you're so multifaceted because you are truly authentically interested in art and, and creation as much as you are funny and uh, sarcastic. So I'm, yeah, I'm curious how that's expressed itself while you've had to stay home. God, yeah. First it was the model houses. And then, <laughs> um, then I just started, uh, still doing it by the way, but, uh, I started, um, sort of delving into my drag and figuring out what I wanted to create mm. uh, if I wasn't creating shows. And that's why I totally forgot about all this. Um, I made these new singles um, yes. for the holidays. I made I made one with Jujubee. Yes. The queen herself. Mm-hmm. Um, one by myself. And I'm launching a podcast. Amazing. So now, now that's my tiny little town is these these projects that's fantastic have you always been a big advocate of the holidays um i the holidays are a huge thing in my family okay um because my mother has seven brothers and sisters and i have like 26 cousins yeah so it's like just the simple fact of us gathering makes it a huge deal sure and so yeah i think about the holidays all the time especially (laughs) In a, in a family that's mixed Christian and Jewish hmm. because you see two worlds meeting um, and different kinds of celebration happening. So hmm. yeah, for me, there there's something that's really complicated and uh, I think a really beautiful time of the year. Very cool. And what does the family think of the persona, Ms. Cracker? Oh, I'm like, my family is extremely supportive of me. Oh, that's great. Um, yeah. I've, I've performed at uh, weddings <laughs> within my family <laughs> and uh, I've done cameos for family members. Which <laughs> Have you charged them for it? <laughs> well, of course not. <laughs> but I will charge you at cameo.com. Okay. No. <laughs> That, that is a that's a resourceful outlet in these trying times. I oh, get it. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, my family has been beautifully supportive. And that's because um, as much as I'm strange and multifaceted, I think everyone in my family is too. So we give mm-hmm. each other room for that. That's very cool. Um, in talking about your holiday single, is there anything that we should know to expect from Get Me the Fuck Out of Here? Yeah, um, I, there's so many songs about <laughs> how uh, beautiful it is to get together with family and friends. And um, I remember like before 
I went off to All Stars, I was like at this big dinner with a bunch of friends and loved ones. And I was looking around and I was like, oh my God, I hate this. Uh, And uh, I just like, I wanted to write about that feeling. Like, even though you love your family, you could kill them. And uh, we've all been there. Like, no one needs to use the bathroom as much as you do during a holiday. What you're doing is you're going to the bathroom to be like, (sighs) yep. And yeah. this song is that moment where you have like closed the door, you're fake flushing the toilet. You know what I mean? <laughs> yes. And you're like, something hasn't agreed with my stomach. I need an extra 10 minutes. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> uh, it's like, what's going on in there? I know you're not really reading The New Yorker. Nobody actually <laughs> reads The New Yorker. You know? <laughs> I love that. Um, now, because you've uh, had to sort of adapt to quarantine pandemic living, what has been your relationship, I'm curious, with social media? Do you enjoy it? Do you participate in it? Do you find value? Are you following? Are there like people that you love to follow? Do you hate follow anyone? That's like uh, 20 questions. I don't hate follow anyone because, you know, I spent enough of my life uh, just focusing on stuff I didn't like. Yeah. And so, You've liberated yourself of some pettiness. That's very beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> I've whittled my social media down, muted it down Good. to like <laughs> three funny people and a fitness model. And I think that's, <laughs> do you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's it's just like, need. yeah. Uh, God, my friend Izzy Uncut is like a dumpster fire of a person and has the funniest Twitter. And I don't even look at it on the app. I'll be like in the morning with my coffee, I'll open my laptop and go (laughs) www.twitter.com backslash Izzy Uncut just to see like, oh, you're right. Real Housewives is a wild, you know, like I just like, so that's my relationship with social media. Let's call it, let's use a 2019 word. It's curated. Ooh, I like that I very mean? much. I well, like to share, but I don't I I don't I don't like to Yeah, you seem like you have a respectful relationship. Like you participate, but you're not overly indulgent. It doesn't right. seem like obsessive, you know? I don't and I live there. That's good. Yeah. Good for you. I know. I I've become very fascinated with people's relationships with social media this year. I watched the social dilemma and it got real into my brain. And then I got real worried about humanity and the the fall of it because of these little boxes we carry around. Did you did you change anything that you absolutely in your not? Behavior? No. Yeah, okay. I just wanted to know. I, I, I thought you were going to be like. Since then, I only use I my Nextel flip phone. Yeah. No, I have uh, changed absolutely nothing. I only have the conscious awareness that I should probably change something eventually. That's uh, that's me in the movie Okja. Have you seen Okja on Netflix? No, I'm writing it's it down. This, it's OKJA. It okay. has Tilda Swinton in it, which. Perfect. The deal is sealed. Yep. <laughs> and it is this like rallying cry for treating animals. Um, but it's like, it's a little fable. It's just mm-hmm. a, like a little fairy tale. But the lesson is how can we treat animals better? How can we treat them mm-hmm. like we are now? And I was like, my life has changed. All right. Seamless. Uh, <laughs> KFC. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Like it was, it was that moment. But for, for all those who are listening, watch that movie and see what it does and get back to me because okay. it's, it's a good one. I'm curious to do a little social experiment on myself with that. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm also really fascinated because you do have so many interests, like you're very into food and art and culture, and you're doing um, these new series where you're interviewing artists. Is that right? Mm hmm. And then you also have been on the Bon Appetit channel and you also write about activism. And so you have this wildly, beautifully complex like universe that you kind of create in. How do you balance the things like like writing a piece about the community and activism versus like celebrating National Pickle Day? Can you write all of that down because I'm working on my resume since I'm like basically unemployed right now? You just made me sound like super good. Oh, no. And doing all this research, it's so cool to see. And I don't know that many people or they probably do if they are obsessed with you, that you have this side of you that is very cultural, very artistic, very um you know, it's not only Real Housewives all the time. And yeah. so I'm I'm fascinated by by how you balance that. Okay. I guess the key word is curiosity. Okay. And 
I did. I was not always as curious as I am. I had a hundred year old boss when I first moved to New York Mm -hmm. and he had this publishing company that was always like well-respected, but teetering on the edge of bankruptcy. (laughs) And he was so happy. And I didn't understand how you could be like basically broke Uh um, and so happy. And he was like, I'm curious. Like I publish whatever fascinates me. Hmm. And I was like, it got into my head and I realized I want to do projects that make me curious and make me fascinated. And that's sort of the core. So mm-hmm. um, all the things you mentioned, I don't hold myself to any one thing. Only the things that the only theme is that they all sparked some interest mm-hmm. in me. Um, and I hope that other people feel that they can do the same thing. Like yeah. I'm not, I'm not a chef and I'm not a curator and I'm not, um, I am not a makeup artist, um, <laughs> but I am curious about all these things. And I want to show people that you can sort of dive in yeah, um, just because you're curious. And as for the word balance, um, when it comes to balancing, um, don't balance because mm. balance is for um, the, the quiet life. Hmm. imbalance is where the interesting stuff happens. Oh, I like that. Also, um, I would beg to differ a bit on you being a makeup artist because we do have a hilarious connection. Miss Cookie is my ex-boyfriend. I know, I know, I know. I was was like, how do I bring that up? We're basically like we were almost related. I know. I did. You know, I did good makeup. Yeah. On, um, Stunning. Chester. Yeah. But I, I do want to say that that's not where drag lives. Right. Where drag lives is in the spirit of the queen. And that mm. queen had a lot of spirit. Ms. Yeah. Cookie. Oh, my goodness. You unlocked like, uh, a Pandora's box. There. How did you feel <laughs> seeing that? I was so proud. We're on good terms. And so yeah. I watched it and I was so excited. And he had told me that he was on the show, but he couldn't tell me anything else about it. And so, yeah, when that episode airs, I was just screaming at my TV. I was so excited for you guys. And I know that he's a very outgoing person. And I thought they edited him to seem very reserved and scared. And so I was like, oh, I see where this is going. It was beautiful. Stunning. What's funny is that he he was like shaking at the beginning. I think that that <laughs> natural, yeah, he was overwhelmed. I think that natural outgoing spirit that he has when he holds the camera on mm. YouTube, mm-hmm. it was a lot different when there were seven people holding a camera right in his face. Yes, you yes, know, yes. he was like, "Wait a second, I don't edit this video. Someone else is going to edit this." But mm-hmm. then he like found his footing, and that's it was um, great. amazing. Yeah, it was great. Um. Okay, you grew up in Seattle. I'm curious, how do you describe Seattle? I mean, she used to be great. <laughs> do you know what I mean? <laughs> Seattle used to be great. <laughs> and um, if you want to get a sense of what it was like, I think that, uh, what's the one? Um, Sleepless in Seattle. That's mm-hmm. the one. Because everyone used to listen to talk radio religiously. Mm-hmm. And if you wanted to tell your loved one something, you would do it over talk radio for real. And I remember wow. watching that in the movie and being like, that's how we do in Seattle. <laughs> You're like, she left me, but I want I want to play this song for her. And she's in the car and she's like, oh my God. That was Seattle. Amazing. Um, now... Yeah. It is the parking lot of Amazon, Microsoft, and Starbucks. Mm, I see. Um, it's not the same as it used to be. And Seattle, I say this out of love, you know? Mm-hmm. I I was rooting for you. We were all rooting for you. <laughs> How dare you let Portland come up uh-huh. farther than you <laughs> as, as a cultural asset to this nation? How dare you? Ugh. Amazing. Um, Now, also, because you've done uh, a lot of different series like uh, Review with the Jew and Jewtorials, do you feel obligated and have you watched the other international franchises of Drag Race? 
Oh, yeah, I did a review of um, a review called High Tea of Drag Race UK. Mm -hmm. And I have to say that was one of the most exhilarating drag experiences because I'm so tired of looking at American queens and I'm not <laughs> I'm not alone in that. We all uh -huh. are. Even um, all American queens are tired of looking at themselves. And to see a new, like, uh, a new boil of drag get lanced into the world, I, mm. I just was like, yes! The, I, I, I love, I love some of the, the franchises for sure. Yeah. Very cool. Um, is there anywhere that you think should be featured as a, a franchise that hasn't been featured yet? Any area of the globe that you've been to that you think the drag community is very cool or perhaps not as known as it should be? I had the most wonderful experience in Chile. And there's mm. a drag queen called Coty Miller uh, there who I was like, this lady needs to be on Drag Race. Really? And so if I could see, I could see uh, Drag Race Chile. And mm. um, I, if she ever hears this, like I, uh, her outfits, she made all by herself. She made all her hair Amazing. and designed everything. And I bought her clothes off of her person really? every time she entered the <laughs> dressing room. I even wore some of it for All Stars uh, really? 5. So, I mean, there's drag talent all over the world, but I would love to see Drag Race Chile. Amazing. Um, now, what can we expect from your new podcast that's in the works? Because we have a trailer out, but the episodes aren't out, but maybe they'll be out by the time this episode goes up. Yes. Uh, so the episodes are going to be out on, start coming out on December 7th. Okay. But... Uh, really, she's a woman is for any human being who looks in the mirror and says she's a woman. Mm -hmm. It's a very inclusive podcast. We're not trying to define women. We're trying to break apart the definition. Hmm. Um, and it's just stories of incredible women who've done amazing things. Um, women that you could meet on the street, uh, business women that you have bought things from and didn't know their amazing story. Hmm. So there are a number of drag comedy podcasts. Yeah. Um, there are a number of drag podcasts that interview other queens. And I kind of wanted to break out and look at a world of people that support drag women who hmm. make up like a million and nine percent of our audience. Um, yeah. We... Uh, drag plays off of stereotypes and ideas of women and it may be time for drag to give back a little bit and so mm. i want to you know be a part of that process that sounds so cool it sounds in line with what you're talking about just following your curiosity yeah i did the show um american woman mm -hmm. in the uk and europe and for it, I'd had all these interviews with great women that I knew. And I wanted to never stop doing those interviews because I learned so much. And then I was like, wait, I don't have to stop. I can make a podcast. And that's what it is, really. Amazing. Well, everyone should make sure to go wherever you get your podcasts, subscribe, yeah. get everything set up for yourself. We're going to take one last break. When we get back, I have a bunch of questions from Instagram for you. And they are, as you can imagine, all over the place. Diverse. So, <laughs> very yeah. diverse. So we'll be right back with more Not Too Deep. Okay, Ms. Cracker, before we get into these internet questions, I'm going to ask you the two questions I ask every single guest that is on the podcast. And the first right. is, who, alive or dead, would you most like to throw cold spaghetti at? Oh, alive or dead that I could throw yeah. cold spaghetti at? Yes, ma'am. I thought you were going to do a positive thing. I, I, I would have like <laughs> well, one answer, but a <laughs> negative thing, like my mind is blown. Well, you um, could decide to make it positive. It could be some sort of celebratory, but it's entirely up to what your intention is. No, no. Let's let's decide <laughs> who we want to throw cold spaghetti at. Um, uh, oh. I really, <laughs> this is, a, this is a bizarre one. Okay. Um, but, uh, I would love to throw cold spaghetti at Thomas Edison. Oh, um, I don't believe we've ever had that as an answer. 
Do you know what I'm getting today? All of the packages, by the Perfect. way. There's Perfect. been like three packages. So um, we'll have an unboxing in a minute. No, uh, Thomas Edison, and and it's the why that counts. Uh-huh. Uh, she got all of her ideas from other people, mm. gave no credit. Mm. And she uh, was abusive to animals and mm. has all this status as a person that, uh, you know, was inventive and brought light to our world. But really, that led a life that was like pretty cruel, pretty problematic. And, yeah, and pretty pretty problematic. And I, I I think Thomas Edison is held up as such an adventure. But I <laughs> want to throw warm spaghetti at Nikola Tesla. Oh, um, yeah, who <laughs> was more brilliant um, and didn't try to take any credit uh. at, at all. And uh, yeah. This I didn't expect to get such a diverse education during this podcast, right. but I thank you very dearly for it. Yeah, you're, you're welcome. Yeah. The Okay, the other question I ask every single guest is to tell us your worst pants shitting story or a close call situation, but you can only use three words or three small phrases. So for example, mine is college jogging front lawn. Angry in the TSA. <laughs> uh, one, love that you had an immediate memory that came to mind. And two, that sounds like a single on your holiday album. <laughs> angry, angry in the TSA. Born in that. the TSA. <laughs> yeah. I love it. Okay, let's get into some Instagram questions for you. Um <clears throat> The first one is, how did you get past all the cattiness and gameplay of your all-star season so gracefully? Oh, first of all, thank you for the embedded compliment. <laughs> um, second of all, I, I'd like to say that I, I'm graceful, and I'd like to say that a lot of the queens on the season were graceful. But mm-hmm. here's the thing about drag queens, um, especially on Drag Race. We're trying to get through the day and show what we can do. Yeah. Um, and so for all the people, I think of Alexis Mateo that were like slinging mud at Alexis Mateo, like on the show and off and during airing. And um, like, think about that for a minute. She's yeah. trying to get through her day. And she, yeah, maybe she's making mistakes. Um, and maybe there's a lot of cattiness around her. Um, and maybe she's like feeding into it. But you know, there's a lot of pressure. Yeah. Um, she's just trying to get through her day. So come on. Yeah. You know? Sometimes it isn't grace. Sometimes it's just you gotta soldier <laughs> on, you know? Yeah. Sometimes you're too tired to engage with it at all. Right. <laughs> uh, someone wants to know, what is your makeup or skin routine outside of drag if you have one? Neutrogena, Neutrogena, Neutrogena. (laughs) I use Neutrogena wipes. I use Neutrogena face wash. I use Neutrogena moisturizer. I use like on the spot Neutrogena like acne treatment. I like. Wow. Hello, somebody. That is, that's my routine. And then Sunday Riley once a week, the good jeans. Nice. Very nice. Uh, someone wants to know, what's your favorite behind-the-scenes moment of All Stars 5? <laughs> I'm sure... Oh, yes. I was like, I'm sure it has something to do with Juju. Uh, <laughs> my favorite behind-the-scenes moment of All Stars 5 was when all of us were sewing uh-huh. our minds out, like getting ready for that uh, backyard uh, barbecue ball. Yes. And Juju does this like gesture... Like she, she can't take it anymore. And we thought that she had stormed out of the room to just like recuperate. Mm -hmm. She comes back with six tacos from craft (laughs) services, eats them all and takes a nap. Wow. And I just remember being at the sewing machine, like what? what pill do I need to take to be in that headspace? Yeah. Because that's what, that's my favorite behind the scenes uh, all-stars moment. That's so pure. That's so yeah. good. She's like, <laughs> this is what I need right now. Yeah. <laughs> Pay attention to your needs. That's you the go. lesson that Juju tells us. Uh, Someone wants to know what's been your quarantine guilty pleasure. Have you been watching anything? Have you been obsessed with anything? Have you been eating anything? 
did murder. <laughs> uh, it's like I listen to um, Crime Junkies and I watch Cold Case. Yes. Uh, I, I can't. I can't get enough. And uh, it's to the point where it's like, I'll just be like just passing out in my apartment and I'll hear, I swear to God, I hear my door opening. I'm like, it's time. I'm going to get, I'm going to get murdered now. But I still, I can't stop. I can't stop watching and listening. So. Wow. Yeah, no, um, I'm also, I have to like delegate that to certain nights when I know that I'm in an okay enough mood that I could fall asleep after this. Otherwise right. I'm just like staring at my ceiling all night. There's yeah. a new documentary series on HBO that just started called like murder on uh, something beach. Uh, and it's oh, really fascinating. I saw something about that. Okay. Um, yeah. Um, that's my recommendation for you. It's very interesting. Five minutes. I'm diving into that. Uh, someone's to know what recipe do you want to cook on your next Insta Live with Carla? Oh, um, what recipe do we want? Do I want to choose? Um, you know, this is, I want to learn. This is so terrible, but, uh, <laughs> so stereotypical of me, but I love an amazing bagel and it's hard to get one. And mm. I wonder if you can make one at home and I want Carla to teach me. Hell yeah. Um, that's what that's what I want to happen. And uh, I'm, we'll have to do some kind of camera trickery because I'm sure there's a whole long process. But I, I want to learn from her because she has upped my game. That sounds incredible. Have you always been interested in cooking? I have. Uh, when, my, when I was little, my sister and I used to uh, make uh, dinners from around the world. Uh-huh. for our parents and uh so we would get gather recipes from different countries and wow. attempt them and so now i get to do that on on the youtubes so how cool yeah. what a great I'm, little idea too for anyone that's struggling in quarantine to find like cute things to do for their significant other or their family sunset magazines from the 70s just pick <laughs> one up and shablam you're ready uh, someone asked, what has been a positive of social distancing for you? A positive of social distancing for me has been not having to come up with excuses mm. to not go. Do you know what I mean? <gasps> They're like, oh, we're doing this and that. You know, you should come down. You're like, yes. oh, I can't. I'm like so responsible. <laughs> I wish that I could, but I wish that I couldn't. You know? Yes, yes, That's yes. So great. Being able to say no, I think, is just like to anything is Huge. the blessing of quarantine. Yeah. Uh, I am 100% with you. It's been, a, yeah. as an introvert, it's been a wonderful, wonderful thing oh, in my world. Right. Uh, so, yeah. Someone's to know what's your favorite look that you've ever done. My favorite look <laughs> that I've ever done. Um, I think r right now it's my uh, All Stars Five, uh, the Fabergé egg because it's so uh, stupid. I, you know what I loved mean? that so much. Just the silhouette of it coming around the corner. Was <laughs> because I'm from Seattle, we have the Ivers clam, which is basically uh, a giant clam, and mm -hmm. someone is inside it with just their legs sticking out. It looks exactly like the Fabergé egg, except with a clam instead of an egg. And I think that must have been in my head from when I was a kid. And I was amazing. like, oh, we doing it. Yeah. Uh, amazing. Okay. Someone asks, marry, fuck, kill. I, oh, these are so hard. But this is with food. Oh, okay. So, marry, fuck, kill, turkey, chili, clam chowder, chicken noodle soup. Oh, wow. Well, marry... <laughs> chicken noodle soup because mm. it's always going to be there for you and chicken is low calories and I need that right now. <laughs> Go. Um, and then it's turkey, chili, and clam. Well, fuck clam chowder. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, <laughs> yep. the, there, there are jokes in there that we don't even uh, have to do. No, and then, you can fill in the blanks. Yeah, kill, kill turkey chili. Everyone mm. knows that it's beef chili. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Um, the Angelina of the uh, <laughs> is is beef chili. The Jennifer is turkey chili. Uh oh! Someone's asking, what's the favorite small venue that you've been to? Favorite small venue that I've. Oh, I just threw my coffee all over the floor. <laughs> oh no! I was so surprised with the favorite small venue. <laughs> uh, I mean, my favorite small venue that I do will always be Barracuda in New York, mm. 23rd mm. Street. 
um, or excuse me, 22nd Street. Um, and it is the place to go to see who's next in drag because the girls that are no longer there are somewhere and the girls that are there are going somewhere. Um, besides that, I guess it would be sweet bar uptown. Um, and that is literally like someone put disco lights in a Starbucks (laughs) and it's the size of my thumb and it has great shows. Oh, how cool. Um, okay. Here's the last question for you before we wrap up. Uh, Someone asked, when getting ready for All Stars, what's one thing you told yourself advice wise? <laughs> what's one thing? Uh, or maybe let's say, let's, because uh, we can, I feel like this kind of advice could expand to like real world, everyday situations. What's one piece of advice, I guess, having done All Stars? Going into it. Yeah, that you would give someone entering a situation as stressful as All Stars. Well, Jujubee gave it to me is that if you're stressed, you're doing it right. Mm. So a lot of times when you get stressed, you're like, I must be doing things wrong because I'm so stressed out right now. I need to step back. I need to back off, blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. But actually, the thing is, if you're stressed, you're doing a thing. Yeah. You know what I mean? So don't be afraid of stress. Just run into her. I Um, love that. It shows you're caring about something. Yeah. There's yeah. nothing wrong with caring. There's nothing wrong with being afraid and there's nothing wrong with stressing. It's part oh. of the life. I love that. I think that's absolutely wonderful. And what a great way to wrap up. Miss Cracker, this has been so fun. Before you leave, um, we give our guest a little gift for making time for us. And it's a personalized digital fortune cookie from us to you that I believe has been emailed to you. All right. Here's my fortune cookie. Happy belated National Pickle Day to you, Miss Cracker. And that's all. <laughs> that's all. That's all. Now, Thank um, you so much. Of course. First of all, how, how did how did the pickle become so embedded in the brand? <laughs> Ever since I first put that pickle costume on. <laughs> yes. Like what go back to when I first saw it on the hanger. I was like, <laughs> that is going to be in my life. You know? Yeah, it was tailor-made. Uh, and then it was just like, by the way, she was not tailor-made. That thing fits <laughs> <laughs> like a Magnum condom on it. Anyway, um, so uh, yeah, as soon as the, I saw I, I saw it, I loved it. And then the world saw it and liked it. And I was just like, any chance I can get to reinforce her, oh. I do. Because there's no such thing as too much of a good thing. I love or, that. Yeah. I love that. Now, where can everyone find you? Where can they find the music, the podcast, all the things that you're up to if they don't already know? Well, just find me on M-I-Z underscore cracker, just like the snack on Instagram. And uh, it will lead you to a world of music. If you don't like me, there's Jujubee. If you like <laughs> want even less of me, there's She's a Woman, which has the stories of incredible women from all walks of life. And... Uh, the, the, yeah, there's Twitter. Yeah, there's YouTube. Yeah, there's uh, a website. But if you go to the Instagram, mm-hmm. that is the beating heart. So that just do it. Amazing. Yeah. Make sure you go check out everything that Miss Crackers is up to. She's absolutely wonderful. Endless great advice. Endless lols. And uh, endless great conversations that I'm so excited for you to embark on. Thank you again for making time for us, Miss Cracker. And we'll see you guys next time on another episode of Not Too Deep. Goodbye. Too deep, too deep, too deep, not too deep with Grace Helbig. Not Too Deep is a production of Grace Helbig Incorporated. Producer Melissa D. Montz, edited by Shireen Lani Yunus. Post-production sound by Chris Henry. And an extra special thanks to Flula for the theme music. <laughs>